You're listening to a special episode of In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, the best of Beth Butler. Welcome, friends. I'm delighted that you've joined us today and hope this podcast will be helpful to you. Rather than define what this podcast is, which is really yet to unfold, let's start with what it's not. This is not a meeting, and it's not church, but a dialogue to aid our search, the search for peace and healing. In some of our episodes, my guests and I will discuss ideas and strategies that we've picked up from various places, including 12-step programs from churches and many other sources. Take what you like and leave the rest. So I'm delighted to have as my guest today my dear, wonderful friend, Beth Butler. Now, Beth is not only my friend, actually she's also my boss. Um, the day that we met, I came for a job interview and she put me to work and then said at the um, couple hours later, by the way, you're hired. Yeah. So hello, Beth, and welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Celia. Yeah, no pressure, right? Her <laughs> boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm wonderfully, wonderfully easy to manage, right? You are. What are you saying? <laughs> we we just go. We we have fun. We have a lot of fun. Um, no, it's it, everything happens at the kitchen table, right? I mean, there you so go. The beauty of <laughs> the beauty of working from home. There you go. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you so much, Beth. So. Beth has uh, a really cool story. One of the first things that I learned about Beth is that she's an absolute ray of sunshine. And she just she just is. And um, can can you talk to my 17-year-old please? Yes. After oh, after yes, this, we'll, we'll make sure he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you will become way more of a ray of sunshine as he ages. <laughs> Okay, so Beth, you have an invisible disability. Could you talk a little bit about that? I can. So I uh, have what's called hypoplasia of the optic nerve, which is just a really fancy medical term for underdeveloped um, optic nerve and was born with it. Uh, It was diagnosed at age four um, at uh, Boston Palmer Eye Institute in in Miami, which is... uh, which was home. I was. I grew up in in South Florida, and um, so I, you know, I, I was actually um, diagnosed uh, at age four. But my my great grandmother was actually the one that that discovered the uh, the issue and suggested to my parents that I they take me to the doctors to to get some things checked out. So um, she was a an integral part of that the beginning of that journey. So what did the doctor say? To your parents. So when I uh, when I went over, I was misdiagnosed actually originally, um, and my parents were told that I would be totally blind, um, and that they actually had them looking into schools for the blind, and 
And obviously that was a, a, a traumatic a bit of news for them. And uh, although I don't remember a, a tremendous amount of it, um, I was young, but um, I was told later that, you know, that was obviously a really um, in, you know, sad, sad time. I mean, I think it was around Christmas time as well. So anytime they looked at the Christmas tree, it was like, is this going to be the last one that Beth sees? And and then they got referred to a specialist um, in uh, Dr. J. Lawton Smith, uh, who, as I learned later on after um, learning more about him in my in my older years, um, he was really uh, just incredibly gifted in in the area of neuro ophthalmology. And so we had the the I had the privilege of going to be examined by him. And uh, I remember, I do remember uh, going in and and going through the the tests, and it was an all day uh, appointment, and. One of the first things that he did was he came in and introduced himself. And at that time, he was, you know, in my eyes, he was old. You know, he was probably like in his 30s, right? <laughs> but he was like 100. Um, and he, um, he shared, he, he asked um, if we could, we could join hands and pray before he examined me. And this was back in 1974, 75, I guess. Mm. And I will never forget. I mean, that to me was... was incredible. Now my family was, we were believer and we, you know, we went to church. Uh-huh. Uh, we prayed some at meals, certainly at, at Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and we went to church, you know, my sisters were involved in, in, in youth group and we did choir and that kind of thing. So church was a part of our, of our experience, but it wasn't a personal relationship really. Uh, and so that was really profound for me. And, um, so Dr. Smith prayed, we went through the series of tests, and uh, he came back in and said, okay, this is, this is what she has. Uh, she's got underdeveloped optic nerve in both eyes. Uh, she's got, you know, 2,200 vision in each eye. And again, I'm, I'm, again, as a four-year-old, I didn't, right, this, isn't, uh, this is just information right. that I've learned, you know, afterwards. But, uh, and he said, you take her home, and you treat her like your other two daughters, or you're going you're gonna to make a cripple out of her is the word that he used. And, um, yeah. So, so they did that. They did that. They did that. Um, they took me home and, uh, I have two older sisters and one is only 17 months older. And so we were always very close and, uh, they didn't restrict me in any way. They let me do what I was comfortable with doing, um, which was just about everything. Um, rode my bike, um, unassisted uh, played softball when I got old enough to try out. And of course I learned later, you know, I, I, I always knew I was never like super great, but I had a sister that was like awesome. Right. I mean, she played in like the world series. She was all right. So, so I was kind of the little, you know, bonus pack, right. That came with her. So, um, but, uh, we, we played and then I had my moments. I had my moments. I, um, had a best friend that was really good in, in softball, Marsha Frangle, um, who quite frankly, again, as we look and see how God puts people in your path, um, her parents were, were really uh, prayer warriors for my family forever, forever. Mm. And so uh, she and I were really great friends and still are. Um, and she was an awesome pitcher, fast pitcher. She did the, the windmill pitch, if you're familiar with softball. Oh. <clears throat> so really fast. <laughs> And uh, no one could hit off of her. And so we were on opposite teams, and she was pitching one day, and, and I get up to bat. And, of course, all you have to do, for those of you that are softball players out there, when they're, the pitches are coming in that fast, you just have to connect with the ball, and the ball's going to go flying. 
And sure enough, uh, I got a connection that day and I got a double off of her. And I don't know who was happier, her. <laughs> She's jumping up and down. And her, her, her coach at the time, Marsha, get your head in the game. You know, she was like, we're like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. She's blind. You know, she's blind and she hit the ball. It was awesome. So um, we had, you know, again, little, little, little stories like that. that uh, it, but it never kept me. And I think that's the big thing. It never kept me from participating. Um, you know, wasn't, wasn't always the best on the team and, and had some moments where, you know, did I get embarrassed? You know, I'm chasing a big old thing that I think is a fly ball out to right field <laughs> and a, during a night game. And it's just a big old Florida moth, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but those are little secrets that only I know about, you know, and maybe people that are like, what's she doing out there? <laughs> but, but, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was more about just being a part of the team. And uh, I loved that. Right. I loved loved that so right okay so um you're a runner I am a runner I am a runner yeah I haven't run but, but not on trails yeah no yeah not, <laughs> not no anymore. trail running no more yeah <laughs> that's right you heard that story yeah yeah it's it's funny because you you do I, I I often will find myself in the midst of and I, the older I get I probably am I'm not going to say wiser because I'm not sure that that's true. Uh, but I don't put myself in situations like that as often. <laughs> but when I do, I'm going, oh, please, Lord, please just get me get me out of here. Yeah, the trail run that uh, everyone's going. Now, you've done a trail run, right, before? Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I think so. You know, I think I have. <laughs> a little gravel, something. No, I went on a trail run. That was, uh, yeah, I don't even know how sighted people, I mean, really, it's, uh, there were roots and there were, you know, um, uh, yeah, rocks and just craziness. And I, I promised myself that if I got through that 5k trail run with two ankles that were still attached to my body, <laughs> that I would never do that again. And, and I, I promise you, I'm putting this on, you know, in, in verbal, um, recording it right now, you hear me say, if I ever look like I'm going to do a trail run again, you just, uh. Remind me of this, uh, of this recording. So, <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> so you did something else that is, um, unusual for people who have low vision or blindness. Um, you went to law school. I did. And you graduated. I did. And that <laughs> is amazing. Um, you know, and that to me speaks of your parents having followed the doctor's prescription mm -hmm. to treat you the same mm -hmm. as your sisters, mm -hmm. because you have this fearless spirit, or at least that's how it appears. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you went to law school and you graduated and that is a great accomplishment. So now, um, you have shared with me that um, your mother was an alcoholic. Yes. And at some point, she and your father split up. Right. And um, so you were living with her, and yes. she was in active alcoholism. And anybody who's grown up in an alcoholic family can understand that there's trauma and damage done, you know, to kids growing up in alcoholic homes. I guess I want to bring in here, um, you shared with me that, you know, you found out in college that your mom's drinking was probably the reason mm -hmm. why your retina, why your um, 
optic nerves were not fully developed. Right. Did you have resentment about that? You know, um, I have really asked myself that question so many times um, in my own recovery, quite frankly, right? Because, you know, I think one of the one of the things that I learned shortly after college um, was that um, the we can get through our childhood, right? And um, but it's it's really not until we become adults and start to get into relationships ourselves that we look and realize the dynamics of the relationships that we seek out often mirror so unfortunately that unhealthy pattern right. that we that we learn in our homes and so it was it was after graduation and I was staying with my dad uh, and my mom of course they were divorced and so mom was nowhere around but uh, I found the dynamics of the relationship that my sister and I were both staying with dad, right? So she was 22, maybe I was 21, something like that. And, and, uh, but there was just this dynamic of, um, of unsettledness and, and kind of, you know, turmoil in some, and, and I finally realized, wow, this is the, the impact, right. Of, of living in a family that doesn't know quite how to communicate with one another. Right. And, and that whole illness of, um, of alcoholism and everybody has their role to play. And, 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 uh, mine was mediator. So, uh, I really was, you know, beginning to understand the impacts. And so as a result of that, got involved with, um, ACOA or adult children of alcoholics and started my own journey on, on recovery and kind of learning more about that. And so in the course of, I think that, awareness and, and understanding began to think, boy, I don't remember a time when my mom didn't drink. And, uh, so, um, had, uh, had asked mom, uh, or da- my dad actually, you know, do you know if, if mom's drinking was uh, the cause of, of my vision problem? And I remember my dad, you know, dismissing that fairly quickly. Uh, and of course, part of that is, you know, his own denial about the, you know, the alcoholic and, and he knew mom had a problem, but it was her problem. (laughs) And so, uh, so yeah, dad, dad obviously knew about my mom's drinking problem. Um, and, uh, um, but, but it was, it was his, uh, I'll never forget. In fact, he came home one time and, and had gone after we started going to ACOA, you know, my sister and I, and he, he came back and shared his experience and had gone to a, an, an ACO meeting. And, oh, he was so proud because he'd fixed every single person in that room oh. <laughs> in just an hour, you know, just an hour. And he just went on and on. And my sister and I are like, oh, now what meeting was that you went to? Because we're never going back, right? We're never going back. <laughs> so anyway, and again, I mean, I love my dad. I mean, he was incredible. And so, but... um Again, it was just, it was a demonstration of what we all know, right? Which is, it's not just about the alcoholic. It's about, it's about the family and the unit that's impacted. And so, um, as I, as I started that, that journey, I really did kind of want to learn a little bit more about, about the why, because I had two sisters that didn't have vision problems. It wasn't until my senior year in college when, um, I had, had gone to, to West Virginia university and mom, had actually uh, moved there uh, from South Florida and uh, attended college at West Virginia with me. Uh, I 
I went to college. Yeah, my mom followed me to college. That's just a whole nother show. Oh, wow. Whole nother show. <laughs> that was before the movie came out, right? That was way before the movie came out. And um, we actually we had a class together, political science class together. But the other part of that is, let me say this, that I see God's hand in the midst of all that. Because, um, you know, today, right, whatever we are, December 21st, 2018, um, my mom passed in December of 2004. So I, and she passed at a very young age, right? 65, which right. is young, really young. Yeah. Um, so I look back on those moments of where you're just going, this, are you kidding me right now? Not only was she in my political science class, we actually happened to, I pledged Pi Phi. So I was in the same sorority that she had been in. So she was an alumni. So when she would come to the sorority house, right? I, I, I kid you not, I would come back from class and my mom would be in the kitchen of the sorority house, chatting it up with the cook and just, and everyone's like, oh, your mom is so cool. And I'm like, there is nothing cool about this. Nothing. <laughs> Is your mom coming to college with you? No. Okay. End of, end of story. Okay. Um, but I look back on those times now and I, I am grateful, um, for the time that we did have. Um, um, but it wasn't always, it wasn't always wonderful. Right? right. So, um, but my senior year, um, she came downstairs. Um, it was actually the night before graduation and hands me an envelope with a letter in it, and she was drunk at the time. She had been drinking that night and uh, hands me this letter and said, you need to read this. And so uh, I opened it up and, and read it and had a lot of medical stuff in it. But the bottom line was that her drinking had caused the um, birth defect or the, the um, underdeveloped uh, optic nerves. That, that was my issue. And um, I just remember reading it and thinking, and the, the letter was dated 1984, and so this was 1989. And I just remember thinking, why is she sharing this with me now? Because I'm okay, you know. It's I mean, I'm graduating from college tomorrow, and uh, you know, I I mean, it's okay. And mm -hmm. so I I didn't realize I think until I became a mom myself right? And gave birth to my son that, uh, you, you really realize, right? The guilt that she must've carried and had to carry her whole oh, life. Yes. Right. I'm sure she drank a lot over that yeah. as well. Yeah. Absolutely. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Bloom, who returns this episode in just a moment. If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to learn more, we invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. Episodes are also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you. Um, now, so, you know, this podcast is about in search of peace and healing. So having this background 
going to adult children of alcoholics and getting help and support from them. Um, what is it now today mm-hmm. when, you know, when life gets stressful, you're a single parent now. Um, what do you do mm. when you feel distressed or you don't, you don't have peace in your spirit? What are some of the things that you do, activities you do that help you to, you know, calm mm-hmm. your, yourself and mm-hmm. to uh, help you get through those times? Yeah. And that's a great question. And um, I will say this. I think one thing that I am eternally grateful for is my faith, right? And when I say that, I don't mean it lightly, right? I, I mean, right. not not just, you know, I've always been in church because I just told you earlier, you know, we were raised in church. But I always knew um, at a young, young age that um, that Christ was a part of my world, right? That I, right. I believed in in in. In Jesus, right? I believe uh-huh. that there was somebody that that had my back, right, and knew that um, he he was there always. And so I had that faith. And I'll, I'll tell you this. And I and and when I think about my journey in terms of my vision and my my um, my diagnosis and kind of that whole journey, I forgot to share this. But the morning before we were getting ready to go to Boston Palmer to see Dr. J. Lawton Smith, right. Mm-hmm. We had a, a maid at the time that would come in uh, once in a while, and she was there that morning. And I remember, and her name was Maria, and uh, she was, um, she she looked at me and she said, "Mary Beth," she said, "Have you prayed?" And I said, and I kind of looked at her and I said, "No." And she said, "Have you you prayed? You know, and asked Jesus to heal your eyes?" And I said, "No." And she said, "Well, go go find a quiet place and pray." And and so I did, you know, just out of obedience, mm-hmm. out of just, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea, you know. Um, and so I went, I remember going in the bathroom and just, you know, bowing my head and standing in front of the big mirror in there and praying. And it was, and then going to the doctors after that and hearing um, the, the, the correct diagnosis, right, and, and right. knowing that I wasn't going to go blind and that kind of thing. I mean, that was, that was the faith of a child, right? I mean, the simplicity of that, uh, maybe that is what really embedded in me, the fact that, wow, this is, this is real, right? And I have access to that faith. But I, um, so I have always had that, um, that basis, no matter what. And I mean, I've gone through some real yucky times in my life. You know, you know, I've talked about those. I mean, the journey with my mom, it was not always pleasant. Um, um, you know, attempted suicides, you know, Mm -hmm. coming home from a football game and, and, you know, having a friend spend the night and, and she's overdosed and, you know, my, we're, we're there by ourselves because, parents are divorced and calling paramedics and figuring out, you know, is it lots of scary stuff. Right. But at the same time, I, I I just, I've always felt like he's, he's had my back, you know, and, uh, Mm. I've, I've always felt that way. So when I, when I talk about even after, you know, as, as an adult, and then you're, you're faced with the, the failing health of the, of my mom, you know, and watching, the impact of that abuse and that alcoholism all those years, even those sweet moments that God has given me to love on my mom, uh-huh. right? Even in the midst of that. And, and you talk about healing. 
Um, I, I do remember a time shortly after my son was born and my mom was staying with me. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us all. <laughs> I will never forget. I am like super pregnant. And we go to pick her up at the airport and she gets off the plane and she is in all, such bad shape that she's kind of shuffling. Now, she wasn't drinking back then, or at least she wasn't drinking. It was just the continued drunk, if you will, that, that brain damage. I mean, that's right. what it was. Right? right. But I had no idea cause I hadn't seen her in some time. And I just remember thinking, Oh Lord, I mean, I can hardly care for myself right now. And then I've got a newborn coming home and I got, you know, everyone's like, Oh, your mom's coming to help with the baby. And I'm going, yeah, no, you know, yeah. I mean, really, it was bad. It was bad. But you know, we moved through that. Um, and I bring my son home, uh, and I remember watching her try and pour a bowl of cereal and milk, and she, I mean, mess on the counter, uh, and watched her just, you know, Clay was down for a nap at that time or something, and I just remember, you know, getting down on, on her level. Um, she was in a chair, and I just got down on my knees, and I just looked at her in the face, and I said, I love you. And I looked at her, and I said, I forgive you. I said, you know that, right? I said, I forgive you. And, um, and she kind of nodded, you know, and, uh, I just, uh, it's because I, I, you can't carry, at least I can't carry those resentments to me. They do nothing for me. They're toxic. Uh, They are. I just, I've never been good at, at that. I just. That's a good thing. It is. It is. Cause I was way too good at that. Yeah. Way (laughs) too good at that. Well, so I, I have such yeah. admiration and respect, you know, that you saw that that wasn't going to serve you well. Yeah. Well, and I always felt like, and I think I've shared this with you too, though, I always, I hope there's a purpose in everything. Yeah. I, I do believe that in my core, right? There's a purpose. And so for all the yuckiness that I have experienced and the frustration and the, and there is frustration. I mean, trust me. And I'm, I'm finding more and more of that when we talk about parenting, um, in, in terms of my vision problem too, and the frustrations that come with not being able to drive or, you know, having to take longer to find a cord or, you know, figure out what to do with my, Oh, I know this is so silly, but like an, a Christmas tree ornament, right? I mean, uh-huh. changing a battery out of the Christmas tree ornament. And, and last night trying to do, I mean, I did it. It took me a whole lot longer than it should have, <laughs> right? But, but I did it. But most people with low vision wouldn't have even attempted it. Yeah. And it just doesn't occur to you yeah. not to try. Yeah. And I love that. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, until I, until I shock somebody or something happens that, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Oops. (laughs) I thought I did that correctly, but you might not want to touch that. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. So, um, you also run to relieve tension. I do. I do. I run run with your dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know that I run with my dog. He's oh. more of an obstacle than, than, uh, I walk with him. Oh, you walk with I, him. Okay. I do run. Um, I, 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 I finally realized that, uh, running can be fun and it's, it's something you can take with you anywhere. 
Um, I thought for a very long time that, that running was absolutely not something I would enjoy, but, um, it, there's, there, it's easy access for me too, in terms of where I, I live and there's a green way. So, uh, it's safe for the most part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I've shared with you before, I've come up on a couple of snakes that I thought were sticks and, um, yeah, my apologies for anybody walking their young children and strollers when I, you know, jump over what I think I hope is not the head. And I'm like, yeah, I say some SH, you know, be, you know, it's like, yeah, because I just don't know, you know, I'm scared. And, and you know what? I, react. I, I don't blame you. I'll, I would have not only said it, I would have done it. <laughs> and then I would have had to go take a shower. So we, trust well, me, it is, it's I'm hard. sure any mom yeah, who might have been there know. would understand. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't remember seeing that stick in the middle of the, and then I'm like, it's not a stick. It's, it, yeah, it was a big, big snake. And that is awesome. Yeah. So, oh man, see, I would have had a heart attack. But I have also on the, on the beautiful side of that, right. I have Uh come up on deer as well. And that have popped out in front of me on the greenway as well. Again, nothing harmful by any means, but it's cool because I'm, I'm so quiet, I guess, when I'm running Uh that, um, all of a sudden I hear, I, I, and there's, there's a doe that jumps out in front of you and it's, it's cool. You know, it's, it's so, so running is a good thing and it helps my, it does. And it walking my dog. So when you talk about stress and, uh, your health and I'm, I'm finding too, and we've talked about this working from home for me is a, it's a huge blessing because it gives you flexibility in your schedule. Uh, at the same time, it also emphasizes the importance of moving and, and for making myself get out and walk my dog or do those extra things because, I, I, I am restricted somewhat in my house where I'm working at my desk and then I come down and I, whereas if you're in an office or you're even walking to and from a parking lot every day, whatever right. it is. Uh, and I've worked in some great environments where you've got, you know, they, they promote that right access to, uh, walking trails and things like that, that you take advantage of. So, uh, but physical exercise is very important for, you know, the, the, um, the wellness of my mind. Um, I also love music. Um, I have music on a lot when I'm, and that to me is a really, um, great way to, to, uh, just escape. Um, and, uh, and just, or I say escape, I think it's more, you know, spending time with, with the Lord. I mean, I, I really believe that that's, that's a, a channel for me to, um, singing songs of faith yes, and, yeah, and listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. One one of the things that I did when I was young, uh, and, and I realize this now too, is a hammock and my sisters, if they were here, they would, Oh my gosh, where's Beth? She's in her hammock. You know, I was always in my hammock and I think, and it was outside Mm -hmm. and there was, it was movement. So for me, I, I always loved swings and I think having my vision problem, Uh um, any kind of movement that was, was just always, it's very soothing for me. And I've heard that. And it's funny. My sister was telling me not long ago that she had read something about that. And it made sense to her having grown up with me and knowing that I loved rocking chairs and those, I think it helps. And you'll see that it helps you stay grounded blind right. people that are totally blind, you know, will often move a little bit. Um, and, and it is, it's very soothing to me. So, um, I do not have a, a hammock now because I don't have a place to put it. But if I did, I'd probably get a fraction of the work done that I need to get done. <laughs> and I speaking would. of work, um, <laughs> tell tell our audience about your what you're doing now about the work. 
Sure. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned, um, that I had, had gone to law school and, um, while I, I, you know, the decision to do that to me was, was all about what, what God's purpose was really for, mm-hmm. for my journey. And, um, I argued with him quite a bit during that time <laughs> that he opened that door to law school because I reminded him that I am legally blind and, um, there is a lot of reading in law school. Uh, but I also knew that uh, there was a purpose in that because it was uh, my desire was to um, use my uh, disability or my experiences with my disability as a way to help um, transform or educate or heighten awareness, uh, help companies understand. Uh, the importance of including people with disabilities, the importance of, um, of accommodating and, and finding that value. In other words, early on in my experience, I almost didn't get a job, a very simple job for me with a four-year degree in foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pool bar server uh, at a hotel. Yes. And I applied for that position in the midst of applying for law school and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And it was that mm-hmm. experience of not almost not getting that position because I had said, oh, by the way, I've got a vision problem and I don't drive as a result, but I'll be here on time. I'm, you know, within bike riding distance, it's not an issue. And tried to assure them in my confidence of a, you know, what I I was 21 years old, had the world by the tail. Right. Uh And I thought, no, no problem. You know, and my dad, you know, to his credit was, listen, you come down, you know, stay with me, but you're going to work while you're deciding what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Right. Uh, And so I, I thought not a problem. I'll go and get this job. Well, you know, they almost didn't hire me. I mean, they were not going to hire me, uh, until I had a friend, uh, kind of vouch for me that, uh, I wasn't going to you know, hurt myself or hurt somebody else in the midst of, of the, the, the job that I was doing. And, uh, that was a real aha moment for me. So mm. went on to law school and now the work that I'm doing again, just aligns so well, right. With that, that whole journey. And that is, um, executive director of an organization called disability in North Carolina, where we now, um, our, our sole purpose is really to empower businesses to achieve disability equality and inclusion. And what that means is, um, helping companies understand, um, the importance of full inclusion, you know, um, given the statistics of the number of people with disabilities in this country today, you have employees today that have disabilities. And so our goal and our role is really to help them understand, um, how to create a culture that makes that okay. It makes it okay. Right. Whether that is a, a a need for a a special chair, whether that's a need for some additional breaks, um, but how, how to coexist with employees that have disabilities and employees that, that don't have disabilities yet. Right. I mean, (laughs) Um, so it's really opening the conversation, um, in our corporate environments, uh, to, uh, to help, uh, promote the employment of, uh, people with disabilities. Okay. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we're gonna, um, before we end this segment, I'd like for you to do one thing. Um, you had mentioned that your mom passed away in December of 2004, 
And, you know, Christmas is a lot of times is when we miss relatives um, who are no longer with us the most. Um, and so you, you showed me a poem, and I was wondering if you'd read that poem for us. I would be happy to. And, um, and this, this poem is uh, something that uh, we found... Uh, folded up in my mom's Bible um, after after she passed away. And I remember my sisters and I were cleaning out her room because she was actually in a nursing home um, mm-hmm. and when, when she passed. And this really just, it ministered to our hearts. And so we actually made copies of it and had it distributed uh, as part of the memorial service when we, when we had that for her. And I often come across people that have lost loved ones um, throughout the year or this time of year. You know, uh-huh. um, a friend of mine just, uh, just posted not long ago, she lost a friend to lung cancer. Um, she was only 54 years old uh-huh. and um, has two two children and a husband, right? I mean, just happened last week. And so I'm always reminded of just kind of how this this poem ministered to me. So I wanted to to share it uh, with you. It's called My First Christmas in Heaven. I see the countless Christmas trees around the world below with tiny lights like heaven's stars reflecting on the snow. The sight is so spectacular. Please wipe away the tear. For I am spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I hear, the, <laughs> I hear the many Christmas songs that people hold so dear, but the sounds of music can't compare with the Christmas choir up here. I have no words to tell you the joy their voices bring, for it's beyond description to hear the angels sing. I know how much you miss me, I see the pain inside your heart. But I'm not so far away. We really aren't apart. So be happy for me, dear ones. You know, I hold you dear. And be glad I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I send you each a special gift from my heavenly home above. I send you each a memory of my undying love. After all, Love is the gift more precious than pure gold. It was always more important in the stories Jesus told. Please love and keep each other as my father said to do, for I can't count the blessings of love he has for each of you. So have a Merry Christmas and wipe away that tear. Remember, I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. Thank you so much, Beth. That is wonderful, and um, I just thank you so much. Um, I'm sure our listeners can understand now why you are so very dear to me. I love you very much, and thanks again. Thank you. And now, may each of you be blessed with more peace of mind and joy of heart than you could even imagine. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Moon, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group. Providers of music and media production as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Visit our website at www.descant-mmg.weebly.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, 
and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. Episodes are also available on Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you.